Welcome to another episode of Boss Mama's Mindset. I'm your host, Laura Katanen, CEO and founder of Zello Studio, business and mindset coaching for boss mamas in order to ignite your passions, expand your mind, and elevate your business and life. The goal of this podcast is to get real on topics that make us a little uncomfortable so we can get smarter and more aligned with what is in our minds and souls to have thriving businesses. We hope you enjoy today's episode and please don't forget, leave us a rating and a comment so that we can know exactly what you loved and resonated with the most. Welcome back, Boss Mamas, to another episode of Boss Mamas Mindset. I'm very excited about our guest today. We are talking all things creative. That's the creative process in the individual. Welcome, Reverend Liza Marquez. She is a doctor of consciousness studies, and she's getting it at the Emerson Institute in LA, and a mama of two, a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old, so battling the teenage years (laughs) while locked up in COVID. (laughs) Welcome, Liza. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here because I do love listening to your podcast. You've had some really amazing and very diverse and interesting um, speakers and boss mamas dealing with with a lot. Dealing with a lot. And it's so great to always hear everybody's stories and journeys through life. Talk about the creative process, right? Um, So right now, Liza, you are actually in the middle of... Uh, doing a program called the creative process in the individual and you're in week two and you know you were talking about what what is um, sort of the aha moment for a lot of the people in the program so what is that share with everyone what is the aha moment when it comes to talking about um, you know how life is a cause and effect game let's get to your cause to create an amazing effects in your life. So how do you be in, how are you in charge of your life basically? So what is the big aha moment for, for your participants? It has been a really amazing class where it's an eight week course. We're only in week two, you know, with uh, the holidays here in the U S Thanksgiving that just came up. So we just um, skipped a week, but um, it's based off of the book by Thomas Troward, who is one of the founding members of, Uh, new thought and religious science and um, the whole so you asked me about the aha moment which I think is is amazing because I think people tend to have their aha moments when they're asked to dream dream big and find how limiting they are on themselves on the very things that they want to dream about so um, I think that would be the biggest takeaway is understanding like oh my gosh I'm actually the one limiting myself of really being able to dream big. In this class, I'm, I'm asking the students that at the end of this eight weeks to come up with a project, whatever it is, what it doesn't matter, like whatever comes up. If it's, you know, if you're an attorney and somehow you wanna design clothes, like great, let's let that be the dream. Like think about that project. Um, and what I'm finding is that it's like, wait, I can't do that. That nothing's gonna come of it in eight weeks. All I'm asking is for people to dream. I'm not even saying you have to have this or else something's gonna happen in your life. And I think 
when people understand that they are limiting themselves right off the bat, that's what's being created in your life. That limit is that, that imposition of the limit is something that each person places upon themselves. And when you have the ability to look at that limit, you can actually go, okay, here's what I, here's my starting point. Here's what I have to work on. Here's the real beginning for me, you know? Yeah, I do know. I'm, I'm very curious. When was that moment for you? When was the first moment you realized how much you're actually limiting yourself? Oh my goodness. Um, I, it's funny. It's, that's such a multi-layered question because I, you know, the first time that I really found myself, um, that I was limiting myself is when I first went to, um, my very first religious science, um, center. It's, it was called, it's Agape here in Los Angeles with Michael Beckwith. And some of you may be familiar with Michael Beckwith from The Secret. He is a world-renowned speaker. He's been interviewed by Oprah and his church here is called um, Agape. When I heard him speak and talking about taking charge of your life, it was the first time that I realized like, oh my God, if I'm really in charge, if I'm the one that's at cause of my life, then I've created all this chaos. Now, with that said, I've also created a lot of fun in my life. And so taking responsibility for both for both the chaos and the creativity that has come through in my life is, was really my aha moment. And finding those limiting beliefs that stopped me from actually dreaming big. Um, I, the reason I say it's multi-layered is because I continue to discover them. You know, I, I had a big birthday this year and I realized that in turning 50, it was, um, I limited myself in what it was that I was capable of doing. And a few years back, I also limited myself thinking, you know, I, I had this, um, I battled with weight for a very long time, on and off, yo-yo, on and off. And finally, when I turned, I think like 47, I was done. Like, this is it, I'm over it. Now, most people would say, well, you know, you're too old to lose weight. You know, it is what it is, just get used to it. And I knew very well at that point that it was completely a mindset. And when I changed my mindset to understand that nothing can stop me from doing whatever it is that I choose to do, I was able to shed 40 pounds without even, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult. It was, I was able to do it. It was, um, it was exciting to see. And, and, and since then I've been able to keep it off. And by the way, it's not, it's not a struggle. It wasn't a struggle to do it. It wasn't, a, it's not a struggle to keep it off. And I feel more comfortable in who I am now than I did back then. But I also didn't buy into, I'm too old to do something. But then I did buy into, I'm too old to create a new uh, business model or business venture. And that was an interesting limiting belief to find now. So I think we're constantly playing that battle, uh, or I shouldn't say it's a battle, but we're, also, we're always playing a game of like, what's the belief that's running my show? And do I like it? Or do I want to transform it? And that's really kind of at the core of what this class that I'm doing, the creative process in the individual is getting to those limiting beliefs and transforming them as well as identifying those beliefs that are creative that you have, um, that have allowed you to create things like for you, Laura, to create what you've been creating and what you continue to create in the United States and abroad that you have the ability to do. And it's highlighting those things that celebrate who you are as well and saying, okay, this is something that I really love about myself. 
and I want to continue to highlight and grow this creative part of myself. Absolutely. And I find it fascinating that I've known you a few years and I never knew that about the weight loss. And so that's really fascinating. Um, it is all in our minds. It's, it's crazy how our minds can, <laughs> can, you know, create these stories uh, or we're creating these stories and allowing the stories to continue to hold on to us and become these beliefs. So you talk a lot about beliefs and limiting beliefs. What do you think has been the most powerful method for you in terms of letting go of those limiting beliefs? Um, I think it starts with uh, understanding where you are. Like, where am I? Like, where am I really? What, what has really been influencing my beliefs? Is it my society? Is it my parents? Is it the people I surround myself with? And from there, you know, if it's, if it's the people that you're surrounding yourself with that are encouraging that, uh, encouraging a lot of limit, then, you know, the suggestion is to move away from that. You want to, you want to surround yourself with a supportive group. Now you don't, can't necessarily always do that with your family, but you can certainly take a few steps back to, um, gain that kind of strength within yourself to be able to address anything that comes up around you. You know, I think you have to really build your own cocoon, you know, kind of like the, the caterpillar does. It's like you have to build your own cocoon in your own shelter in order to allow yourself to grow and then come out as a butterfly so that regardless of what comes your way, you know exactly who you are. And the, the whole truth of this is at the end of the day that we are all divine beings and our birthright is health it's prosperity it's creative expression it's loving relationships that's our birthright so when you find out what your starting point is and also understanding that your birthright is all these amazing wonderful beautiful things that these are at your disposal it's matching what you believe about yourself about what is already your birthright and that way and thereby attracting what it is that you want your life to be, what you want to have out in your outer world. You know, Mary Manon Morrissey says, things are created twice, first in mind and then in form. And that is something that has always, always stuck with me. So whatever is happening in your life, it's because it's a belief or a thought that you've had about it. Anything that has been created in this world from the computer and the internet that you and I are, um, speaking with each other that was first created in someone's head you know steve jobs created something first in his mind before he created it in a form i mean people were laughing about him about creating a phone what you create computers you don't create phones now look what the biggest phone out there is it you can't be knocked off of this dream that you have you can't be knocked off of what it is that you really want to create but first understand what you're creating in your mind is what you're going to be creating in your form and when you can get behind what you're thinking about yourself, so can other people. Everybody falls in line to how you believe about yourself. It's a fascinating uh, comment. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So I deal with a lot of women 
and I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, where there's this imposter syndrome or this lack yeah. of confidence or a, a, free, a fear to shine too bright because maybe they've been hurt in the past and they don't want to. Um, there's actually a saying in Holland that the tulip that rises above the rest gets their head cut off. And this is sometimes a fear of women. I don't want to stand out too much. I don't want to shine bright. So talk about this a little bit. What do you, how do you handle these types of thoughts and mindsets when you're teaching your principles and going through, you know, programs as the creative process in the individual? What well, I, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get over this tulip um, concept. <laughs> I mean, that's so crazy. I mean, imagine what people are being told, like, do not rise above anything or else. I can't imagine that that kind of is like the tacit way to tell people um, how to be. And I think when you're told that by your parents, by your society, it's sort of a hard thing to break through it. And I think also what happens is you don't even realize that you have that. It's one of those things. I mean, it, it's it'd be like, you know, I make this analogy often because it's such a great one to, to really visualize. It's like you start, if I were still wearing the same shoes that I wore when I was five years old, I would be in so much pain. <laughs> and that's what beliefs are. If you're still using beliefs that you had from ages ago, at some point they may have served you, but they no longer serve you. And they're causing a lot of pain in your life. And you're that trying reminds to... me of, sorry to interrupt, but no, that please. reminds me of my, when I was studying change management, I read a book by Marshall Goldsmith and I love this book. It's what got me here won't get me there. It's the same concept. Exactly. We have to transform. We have, we are built to transform and evolve and our beliefs yep. are no different. <laughs> It's, it's a, it, and here's the thing, like it, it might, this might sound a little provocative and overwhelming, but if you can really wrap your mind around the fact that we are constantly moving and growing, there is no end. There is no, there's no, like, I don't reach the Bodhi tree and become enlightened. And that's the end of that journey. You know, it, it there is a consciousness that is constantly growing. I mean, if you look at the universe, that's a perfect example. There's no end to the universe. It is just and, and, it, and by the way, it's not like there's an end at some point, it's still growing. Scientists are out there telling us that the universe continues to grow, that planets continue to be created, that stars, all of it continue to grow. And our own development, our own consciousness is the same way. So if we're looking for like, when I hit this, it's the perfect life and it's over, like, oh God, no. You know, that's, that's, it's a constant growth, but it's not, it doesn't have to be taxing. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, you mean I'm going to do this for the rest of my life? I don't want to do that. It's a beautiful journey of living and growing and loving and laughing. And the truth is you're constantly, not only are you trying to grow, but you're influencing others to grow too. You're influencing others around you. And that's also something that you have to take into account. Like if you see my smile, you're going to want to smile, even if I don't know you. You see my frown, you're going to want to frown, even if I don't know you. It's an um, influence all I have the to, time. I have to do a little joke, though, because mamas, if you're listening and, you, and you're thinking to yourself, 
yeah, but I'm so tired. I don't want my children to make me grow anymore. Stop <laughs> teaching me lessons. I totally get it right now. Like Liza and I were just chatting before we got on and, and motherhood is the ultimate journey. I feel, I mean, relationships in motherhood, it's just, I mean, and trying to navigate, you know, both of them at the same time, it's just incredible. So sometimes the, the growth, we want to just sort of slow down a little bit. <laughs> yes. And believe me, it's not like you don't get those moments of just like, you know what, I'm going to sit here in peace for a while. Yeah, you absolutely do it. Take it, claim it, claim your peace, claim your journey, claim your harmony, claim all of it, you know, and sometimes, listen, I have teenagers. So I always, when, when my kids were kids, it just reminds me of like when I finally had them on a schedule, like, okay, I've got it. Like, this is their nap. This is their feeding time. This is their bedtime. Just when I have that schedule down, they turn it. It's like, okay, second nap is gone. It's like, wait, I'm not <laughs> just adjusted to the schedule. And this is so much like that. It's kind of like having the ability to ebb and flow. All right, fine. Great. Schedule's changed. Now let me, and this, this pandemic would be a perfect example of like, listen, we can all be upset and just really annoyed and put off about the fact that we have to stay at home or however it is that, you know, each individual country is dealing with this pandemic. But at the end of the day, it's here. So now let's let's learn to be comfortable in, in whatever way we can be. Because believe me, I'm not suggesting that, you know, it's fine and it's gonna be okay. It, actually, I am suggesting it's fine and it's gonna be okay. However, you have to really do it within those confines of like, okay, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. How do I pivot from here? How do I turn this around and understand like I'm creating how I'm going to be um, living in this moment that we're all living in? I love this conversation around pivoting because, I mean, as female entrepreneurs um, or business working women who are moms, we are pivoting all the time. But for some reason, this particular change, this particular virus alarmed us. And some, you, you could see how some people were able to pivot very quickly as if it was just like natural part of their DNA and others were just sort of stuck in the shock and the anger for a while, you know? Um, and so what do you think the difference is? How, how could somebody learn to pivot quicker? Well, that's a great question, Laura. And I think a lot of that, um, it's so funny. I, I was watching this really great Joe Dispenza um, video and it has a lot to do with how do you change your mindset and the three elements. And one of them is being conditioning. The other one is being expectations. And so if you're conditioned in a certain way, you know, like I even looking at my children, my son, if he's okay with doing things, but you have to tell him like, Here's your 10 minute warning. We're leaving in 10 minutes where my daughter, I could say we're leaving now and she'd be fine. If I told my son we're leaving now, he would have a complete meltdown and wouldn't know what to do, but that's his conditioning His like, this is what I need. And how do you change that type of conditioning is you understand, like, here's how I work best. And here's how sometimes that's not going to work. And so I have to learn to like train myself to be okay with it. You know, like what are some, what I'm teaching him now is like, I'll always try because I'm a highly spontaneous person. 
So I can easily say, which I have in the past, like, okay, pack your bags. We're going to Arizona for a weekend. Like I've done that with them and my daughter's been fine and my son hasn't. And it's teaching them, okay, well, see, not, sometimes things are spontaneous. What are the tools that you can bring in so that you learn to be, you learn to bring yourself to a, to a level of homeostasis, to, to be able to be okay with it. For him, it's breathing or just listening to music. So if he can listen to 10 minutes of, you know, some kind of um, classical music, he can bring himself to be okay. And so what I would suggest in order to be able to pivot, if you're not conditioned to pivot rapidly, is like, what are some of the tools that you can use? I mean, Laura, you and I were having a conversation earlier and you talk about your meditation, how important that is for you, how you, that's an absolutely sacred time in your life. And for the most part, I would assume you may do it in the morning and maybe not every morning you're able to do it. So you have to carve that time for yourself to do it, understanding like what keeps me at peace is my meditation. So that's a tool that you know. Like I would suggest that people find whatever those tools are for them. Some people it's breathing. Some people, like for me, honestly, like if I can just dance around for a good five minutes by myself, I can, I can pretty much be okay with whatever happens, but I need that time to like, I need my body needs to move. It just needs to move. As you were going through these examples, I love it by the way. And I think it's, I mean, I'm sure so many mamas can relate um, with having these different styles of, of children or different, you know, yeah, just personalities that you, you're, you're learning how to mother, you're learning how to parent with. I was even thinking of my husband and I, we always chat about changes and pivoting and it takes my husband a lot longer than me. I can just totally be in the change right away. We take, for example, um, we're still in the stage of not getting a lot of sleep. Our children are not sleeping still. We don't think we've gotten a full night of sleep in two years. And for me, I, when I sensed the pattern, I was like, okay, this is the way it is for a few years. I'm just gonna have to, I mean, I appreciate my sleep just as much as the next person, but it is what it is right now. Right. Um, my husband was fighting it. You could tell he was just wishing and hoping that he would just be able to sleep another hour or whatever. So it's, it's very interesting, you know, we go through life, you know, interacting and having to work with all sorts of changes, all sorts of confronting, you know, moments where we, where we can either pivot or not. But I love your perspective of you, you do need to know what you're good with. My husband knows he's better on more sleep, but to your point, you also have to realize what is your, I forget how you worded it, but you know, what is your mechanism? What are the skills you can rely on when you can't get what you need? Yeah. Your tools, your tools. I call them your tools. You got to find what are the tools that get you to even, you know, get you to even sometimes that's all you can get to is to even. And if you can get to even, that's pretty good. I mean, obviously the goal is to be extremely happy and um, but sometimes just getting to even is okay and what are those tools what are those tools you know again just it's it's for some people you know adult drawing a couple years ago was kind of the big deal right but that really helped people to to get in and and just start drawing there's nothing to that there's nothing that says like okay you know what it's actually meditation is the right answer for everybody 
And I'm a big proponent of meditation. I mean, you and I both know what meditation can do for you. Um, huge proponent of meditation, but that may not be the right tool for everybody. And meditation may just be um, something that comes later, if at all. It's just understanding like what gets me, okay, I'm, I'm back to being able to address things in, in, from a absolutely normal, non-emotional level. Because when, we, when we're not, we're, we're in that frantic moment, you're actually addressing things from fran just that frantic energy. And that never, <laughs> at least for me, I'll speak for myself. When I address anything from that frantic level, it is never pretty. Um, what about Monday morning trying to get your kids to school? Not so easy. Mama's not so, mama's not so calm all the time. But I, but I, back to your point of we're creating it. So, you know, taking any situation that boss mamas have to deal with, like drop off, when you know you have a business meeting to go to, or you have a conference call, or whatever the case may be, these moments become stressful. They become frantic. So in you mentioned, we're creating it. We're creating it all of the time. Everything all is coming time. from within. All the time. So what is a message that you want all these boss moments to hear in terms of let's say they feel highly stressed, highly frazzled, highly just a little bit overwhelmed right now, holidays approaching. It's not going to be a normal holiday for many, not a lot of big get togethers. So we're creating this, we're pivoting. What is your main message to these boss mamas? Well, again, my big thing is always coming to the, your starting point. Where are you? Where are you really? What are you, what are you believing? Because this is where you're creating from. You know, I know you have a visualization um, workshop. Is that correct? That's coming up. And, and that's a huge tool is what do you, what do you want your life to look at, look like? Because if you don't know what you want your life to look, look like, your life is going to look like whatever's being handed to you. So you're either going to create what you want, or you're going to have it created for you. Those are really the only two choices you have. And I understand that that's like, hey, wait a minute, but you're not dealing with little kids and you're not dealing with this and you're not dealing with that. I actually am. I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. I'm dealing with two households and I can either sit here and tell you how horrible it is. It's two households and I don't have any rain. Or I can say I've created an environment where, you know, my ex and I work together to make sure that, you know, these things are put in place, but it's. I have to take charge of that. And I can sit here and go, why am I always taking charge of it? Or I can just go, I'm taking charge of it because I want to create it. I don't care how things get created. I just know that this is what I want to be created. And with that said, also having the ability to go, here's what I want created. And I know it's this or something better. Because if I'm so married to what my, my uh, vision is, then I don't have room for something better to come through. I'm, I'm nodding my head and I'm sure everyone listening is too, because I know many boss mamas that I talk to, we struggle with that co comment that you made. Why am I always the one taking charge? It's such a, it resonates so much. I hear it so often. And I've said it before myself. I will definitely be truthful about that. Sometimes, you know, we're, I mean, 
probably a lot of women listening, we're type A, we're overachievers, we're highly driven. And sometimes our expectations are so high that we are like, why, why can't it just be this way? And why am I always the one doing everything? Yeah. And I think that's where you have to remind yourself, like when you're going, oh my God, why do I have to do everything? Oh, right. Because I'm creating it. I want to create this because I want to be in charge of what I'm creating. I'm and the by CEO. the way, you are, <laughs> you're the CEO Yep. and allow yourself. And by the way, that also gives you permission to ask for, you know what, today, I don't want to be in charge of anything at all. Mm-hmm. And let it look like whatever it's going to look like. Your priority either has to be, I'm not going to take charge. And then it's going to look like whatever it looks like, or you are going to take charge. I think a lot of things that, that get messy is when you're like one foot in one foot out. Like I want to do this, but I don't want to do that. And that's where the problem really begins. Just step out and let it look like however it's going to look like. If you're going to, if you're going to take the whole day off, take the whole day off, take the whole day off. Oh my gosh, the one foot in, one foot out, and also the the receiving part. Ladies, I know it's hard, but to really step into our femininity and in a healthy way, we need to learn how to receive and ask for help. And if you don't always want to be responsible for creating everything, I like what Liza said, then you need to let go. You can't expect it to turn out the way that you wanted it, but not be involved or in charge. (laughs) You know, Gary Keller has a wonderful book. It's called The One Thing. And one of the things that I learned from that book, and there was a lot that I learned, but, but one of the things that really sealed even this concept for me was just like, when you have the one thing that you want, sometimes other parts in your life are, might seem like they're falling apart. So your kitchen might be messy or your bed might not be made for the next month, or, you know, it's, it's going to look like a bomb went off in your house or, or whatever it is. Like, I'm just using that because that's my trigger. Messy house is just my trigger. Um, but when you're, when you're looking at that one thing, it's okay to let other things not to take back seat because if everything is, is riding in the front seat, then there's no room for anything else. You have to allow for one thing to take charge. And if that one thing right now is constructing your business, then let that be your one thing. If it means that, you know, your kid didn't take a bath that night, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. If it means that the dinner is, 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 you know, from a box or from a restaurant or whatever it is, like, so be it. You can't be, you can't be like the chef and a CEO all the time. I love it. We have had such a great chat. You are full of amazing nuggets of wisdom. Um, Lots of takeaways for everyone listening. Um, Briefly, before we close, I would love for you to share with everyone. People are probably wondering, you know, how, how does somebody all of a sudden wake up and say, I want to become a doctor of consciousness, you know? So tell everyone briefly, like what prompted your journey down this path and what excites you about what you're creating? Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a long story, but it, it, I'll make it really fast. Um, first of all, the reason I'm here and, and I'm getting my doc, I'm currently getting my doctorate of consciousness studies. I mean, I'm in my program, I'm, I'm writing my thesis and, and so on. Um, but really I'm here because I just couldn't, I couldn't get out of this conversation, the conversation of 
of of spirituality of growth i'm i'm i love talking about spirituality all kinds i you know i i've studied so many different religions you know religious studies was was one of the things that i loved in college and i got into this whole conversation to begin with because of the divorce that i went through that was absolutely messy and I knew that I didn't want to live my life as a victim. I didn't want to live my life hating my ex. I didn't want my kids to grow up feeling like their mom hated their dad or their dad hated their mom. And so I set off on a journey to really kind of improve who I was. And because I knew that at the end of the day, there was something inside of me that knew that I was in charge of my life, that whatever it is that I wanted to do, I could create if I allow myself to, to know and to believe that. And so that sort of started that whole path which led me into religious new thought and religious science, which led me into getting my practitioner's license. And the only reason I even got my ministerial license at that point and became a reverend was because I couldn't stop having this conversation about spirituality. And now that I've had my ministerial license and now that I'm a reverend, it's like, okay, what's next? Okay, it's getting my doctorate because I'm staying in this conversation and I just can't imagine not being a part of it. I can't imagine having this conversation with other people. I can't imagine not um, letting others or, or, or just encouraging others to find whatever it is that spirituality is for them. It doesn't have to be new thought, religious science, but where is that that is above and beyond just this physical body and mind? Because there's so much consciousness that's out there. I mean, even in talking about quantum physics, which is basically you know a scientific version of spirituality is essentially what it is and understanding that there's a consciousness that that grows and keeps everything together and can constantly be shifted by our own energy and the energy that you emit is the energy that you receive so to me life is one giant mirror whatever it is that you see within is what you're going to see out there as well so mm -hmm. that's in a in a nutshell what what brought me here into the study, into continuing to talk about spirituality, which informs so much. This, it's not just about an anthropomorphic God that's fickle out there saying yes to my request and no to yours or yes to yours and no to mine. Like that's not at all what's happening. It's you saying yes to you and you saying no to you. So now you get to choose. So beautiful. And I'm really glad that you dig spirituality so much because it's actually what brought us together. And thank you to I'll give a shout out to um, Dr. Aaron and Soul Society. I'm just so honored to be part of this beautiful community of soul sisters and to have met you, Liza, through this process. And I'm always inspired by you. So thank you. Same right here, Laura. I love everything that you continue to create, to do, and that you really are a stand for the growth of women, of mamas, and understanding that what you're going through is, is not singular. It's what so many of us are walking through. And when we have that support, when we understand that other people are going through it, it's sort of like, oh, it just lets the pressure out, doesn't it? It's such a beautiful thing to understand the beauty of of support, the beauty of sisterhood, the, the beauty of the power that we all possess when we lift each other. A hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing thank your you. messages. And thank you ladies for listening. Please, if you um, if something resonated with you, let us know in the comments and we would love it if you leave us a rating. It gives, our, it gives my podcast a little bit more visibility. So thank you so much. Um, can't wait 
for another episode. And in the meantime, I'm sending you lots of love, light, and imagination. Talk to you soon, Love Boss Mamas. Thanks, Liza. Thank you, Laura. Love you. Love you.